Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. It's Westminster Wednesday, so today we're going to break from 1 Peter and take a look at a paragraph of the Westminster Confession of Faith. The Westminster Confession of Faith is the confession of faith of the Presbyterian Church in America, the denomination to which we belong. And we don't think that it stands over Scripture or anything of that sort. Rather, it faithfully summarizes what Scripture teaches. And so we use this as our confession of faith that we might all understand and know in the Presbyterian Church in America what it is that we believe. So each Wednesday we take a look at some section of that and we're just working our way through it, looking at it in a devotional way once a week, spending most of our time focusing on the Word of God. And in fact, this morning, as we look at the confession, we're going to see why it is that we spend most of our time looking at the Word of God. This morning, we're going to be looking at Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 1, paragraph 7. But before we jump in, I want to make a note of something or or make an offer of something. Over the years, I have struggled with how to have a devotion and how to spend time in God's Word daily, and my, my struggle has been twofold. On the one, it's just honestly been discipline. On the other hand, it's been knowing exactly what to do. Now, I want to be clear, there is no secret method that makes God's Word come alive better other than praying and asking for His Spirit's help. But over the years, for my own benefit, I have put together a way that I go through Scripture that I have found very helpful. And I've put this together as a PDF, and if you would like a copy, it's just called A Method for Daily Meditation in God's Word. If you would like a copy, I would be happy to send one to you. You can email me at kevin at christchurchconway.org. If you want a copy, I can send you a PDF, and then it kind of explains how and why I go through things the way I do. It can be used in any way you like, three times a day, once a day, whatever works for you. The point is just to get in God's Word. Or if you're here at Christ Church Conway, you can talk to me. I've got a handful of them printed up, and I can give you a hard copy of it. So if that's something that you would be interested in, just let me know, and I would be happy to send that to you as you prepare to get started and and look at God's Word and dive in again at the beginning of the year. This is always a time that's good to jump in and 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 try again and, and, and be committed to God's Word, and having a plan for that is helpful. Well, let me pray for us, and then I'll read Westminster Confession of Faith 1.7. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is clear that we might understand the gospel. We ask that as we look at this bit of your confession, we might be convinced and understanding of the clarity of Scripture. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. This is what 1.7 in the Westminster Confession of Faith says. All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other, that not only the learned, but the unlearned, in a due use of the ordinary means, may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. Well, so this paragraph really at its core is about the clarity of Scripture, that that we can understand Scripture or or at least the gospel in Scripture. 
Sometimes you may hear a really fancy kind of 50 cent word, the perspicuity of scripture. That means the same thing. For some reason, theologians, you know, preachers, we like to, to banter about with, with fancy words. And perspicuity of scripture is just a fancy way of saying that at some place or another, the gospel is clear in scripture. Now, when we think about the clarity of scripture, though, we need to be careful. Sometimes we fall into a trap of thinking that, oh, well, the doctrine of the clarity of Scripture means that, that Scripture is clear in all it teaches. But then we sit down and we try to get into God's Word and we find places where it just doesn't seem clear at all. And sometimes that confuses us or sometimes it even frustrates us. The confession is very helpful here. It starts off the paragraph on the clarity of Scripture with this. All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Notice, that's an interesting way to start a paragraph where you're going to say that Scripture is clear. Notice what it says. There's two ways that Scripture actually is not necessarily plain or clear. First of all, all things in Scripture aren't equally plain. Not, not everything in Scripture is is equally clear. There are some things that are difficult to understand. The Bible tells us this. This isn't just something where the confession is, and the guys who wrote it are trying to kind of make an excuse. The Bible tells us this. If we go to 2 Peter chapter 3, we read these words. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures." There's a couple of points to make from this. First of all, Peter views Paul's writing as scripture. He, he talks about them next to the other scriptures. But notice what else he says. There are some things that Paul writes that Peter, the apostle Peter, finds difficult to understand. So think about that. If Peter, who walked with Jesus, who spent time with Jesus, who was restored by Jesus after his confession of sin, of betrayal, if, if Peter, who knew Jesus this intimately, found stuff, for instance, in Paul, difficult to understand, well, it doesn't make sense that you or I would find everything perfectly clear. It's okay that we come to Scripture and find stuff confounding at times. There are deep doctrines that are taught there. After all, it's, it's God of all creation, God Most High, Yahweh, who is revealing himself to us in Scripture. Of course there's going to be things that are hard to understand. Not to mention that it's a story that was written across ages and, and was revealed thousands of years ago in particular contexts that, that we have a hard time quite grasping. So the first thing that the confession reminds us of, and this is comforting, is that, hey, it's okay if not everything is perfectly clear in Scripture. It wasn't to Peter. The second thing it reminds us is it's not going to be equally clear to everyone. It's, it's just a, a fact that 
any book that you read is not going to be equally clear to everyone. God, in his providence, for whatever reason, has given different people different intellectual abilities, and that's okay. That's totally fine. There's nothing taken away from anyone or added to anyone as far as their value, as far as their dignity, based on intellectual ability. That, that's just our own prejudice that does that. But on top of that, God has gifted certain people to be preachers and teachers. He, he's given them understanding of his word, and he has called them to devote themselves to study of Scripture. Certainly those men whom God has called and gifted by the Spirit are going to have greater understanding because he's called them and gifted them to do something particular. And, and those of us, like, like me, who are, who are beyond blessed to, to get to devote their lives to the study of Scripture, surely that's going to yield more understanding simply as a result of the amount of time that we get to spend. So, right at the beginning, we, we must understand those two things about the clarity of Scripture. There are going to be things that are hard to understand, and there are going to be people that understand more than us. And neither of those make, make us less of a Christian. But then the confession says this, Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded, that means laid out and opened in some place of scripture or other that not only the learned, but the unlearned in a due use of the ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. Here's the point of this last part, which is really the main part of this paragraph. The gospel, the way of salvation is so clearly laid out at various points in Scripture, that everyone can understand it. Now, there's a couple of reasons that everyone can understand it. First of all, it's in its words and how it's laid out and how it's given. It is simple. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's all of these statements that are abundantly clear. That, that, that God needs to save us is abundantly clear at various points in Scripture. That God has worked to save us by sending his son Jesus Christ is abundantly clear at a number of places in Scripture. That blood must be shed is abundantly clear throughout the Bible. That that's how forgiveness comes. That the wages of sin is, in fact, death. That that's what we deserve is abundantly clear. But that the free gift of God is salvation through Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith. All of these things are abundantly clear at some place of Scripture or another. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. 
Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Paul lays out the gospel, those things that he says are of first importance with perfect clarity. Christ lived, he died, he rose again. There's the gospel. And by looking to Christ who accomplished those things in faith, which are laid out in the, in the means of grace, word and prayer and sacrament, everyone can come to an understanding of those. The Spirit will, will not cloud it to anyone who is the elect of God, but will reveal it to everyone, learned and unlearned, wise and simple, old and young. There's no distinction. We will not be left out of the kingdom of God because we don't get things. God has made the gospel clear. It's one of the ways that he loves us, and we can rejoice at that. So rejoice that, that God of all creation, who could confound us with a word, that he has made himself clear, that rather than confounding us with a word, he might save us with the living word. Amen.